Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the third episode of the podcast on September 13th, 2012. Now, today was the day when, in the gaming world, the Wii U dropped a whole bunch of news. Uh, but we got to wait to talk about that on the Show Me Your News podcast. That'll be this weekend, episode 119 of that. But just, you know, kind of to place it yeah. in history. And, you're, you know, for your sports fans out there, you might want to check that out, too, because there were some sports-related news. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you. you're going to watch some, you know, TV on that, interact with, you know, live sports. Although, some of the games on that one, I was, I was looking, we were, talking in, <laughs> we were talking in the chat when they were doing this Wii U stream. And it's like, Notre Dame 24, Michigan 7 at the half. Like, that hasn't happened in so long. Like, yeah, and did you see that Auburn was playing USC? <laughs> Yeah, I, like that. I don't know if that's ever happened. They, I know they were using footage of like, you know, Alabama, LSU, which you know, a couple of good matchups last year. Oh yeah. Like, oh, that's Julio Jones on Alabama. He hasn't been in Alabama for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So kind of some iffy stuff there. But of course, you know, Madden, FIFA, uh, NBA 2K13. Those will be out on Wii U. Although that's more details that we can't really get into at this time because we just yeah. talk for way too long about gaming stuff. Mm-hmm. In the sports world. <laughs> We had week two of NCAA football and yeah. week one of the NFL, and that'll be interesting to get to when we go to our replay. But Joel, how about we first start off with the red zone? We get you know the three top sports stories of the week, mm-hmm. and the first one when we get to the twenty yard line here is that the U.S. Open uh, tennis tournament finished, and Andy Murray won his first major in tennis yeah. in his career. You know he's been knocking at the door like he's had. You know, four straight finals that he's been into, and he's lost each one. Mm-hmm. And the fifth time is the charm. He's the first Brit to win a major since about 1936, I believe. Yep. It's been a long time, and it was a hell of a match. It w- oh, my God. All of the matches were really good. Um, you know, the the women's final. isn't that, I mean, the reason they had to move the men's back is because the women's went so long, too. Mm-hmm. I think um, there are also some weather delays and all that, but yeah, yeah that, pushed back. Yeah. It was nice to see you know, a tennis final on a Monday. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, and what, let's see, it was exactly four hours and 54 minutes. So long. Yeah. Um, and I believe they said there was there was one, I didn't, like, I, I started counting like halfway through one of the... Uh, one of the rounds because it was uh like 55 strokes i think they said including the including the serve that's just crazy i believe it there i mean they're really good on defense he was playing novak djokovic who mm-hmm. uh gosh he was uh was he ranked two um i think he's i think he was three maybe oh because N- nadal would have yeah they were like moving up yeah they're gonna move him up so right no i mean it was you know murray went up you know, two uh, sets to love. Mm-hmm. And that was like on a really close, you know, he al- they almost had to push the second set to a, a tie break like the first one went to. Yeah. But Murray looked like he had control. And then Djokovic is so good on the hard court. Oh, courts. my gosh. So yes. he came back with a ferocity. And then Murray got up two breaks in the fifth set. Mm-hmm. 
gave back one of those breaks and then got it back. It was almost like, could he blow it again? Yeah. But you know, he he did pull through. Uh, really good to see him, you know, win because he's had a good run of successful play. He's got a strong serve, and you know, really nice ground strokes overall. So. Oh yeah, and but I thought it was just really interesting. Um, you, you could almost sense the crowd, like the cr- the crowd was just getting so anxious during the match because they were they were screaming at times that. Uh, most like most of the time you wouldn't hear in matches, and they were like booing like when something would go back on. I think they were just getting extremely impatient because I mean mm-hmm. that's a long time to sit there, you know. Right. I mean, I guess American audiences don't have the class of you oh, know no. the Britons at Wimbledon <laughs> and at Roland Garros for the French Open or down in Aussie. I mean, <laughs> we, we kind of get amped up a bit. I guess we Americans. Yeah. Um, but it was. You know, great to see Murray get that monkey off his back. It was a great mm. match, and um, you know, for the U.S. Open, and it was also you know Andy Roddick's last U.S. Open. It's you know part oh, of yeah. it too. Like I've that was kind when of... I have you know played tennis and all through high school and all. Andy Roddick was a player I looked up to with that mm-hmm. serve, and so um, you know, you turn thirty during the tournament. Um, you know, good to see him go out on a pretty good note. He got pretty far, almost like yeah, the quarters or so. I uh, lost Del Potro. Uh, but that was good to see. I mean, the, the question here that we want to make the play on, though, for prediction's sake, because prediction's a big part of down the sidelines, is that will Murray win one of the next four majors? I mean, I don't know. He The thing is, I mean, this year he's just had a really amazing year. I mean, he did he did amazing at the Olympics. And, um, I mean, you, you almost got to think um, the way that he's playing right now that he's going to. Um, I mean, there's plenty of great players out there, um, so it's it's difficult every year. But I don't know. He's just uh, he looks great. I mean, he looks really good right now. So, so you you did think he will, or yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think he'll win? <sighs> See that that's where I had a hard time. Yeah, I mean, just... you've got the Australian Open on hard court. You have the French on clay, and then Wimbledon on grass. I mean. I don't know. I mean, so like, when's the soonest one? Like, what's uh, the closest? Yeah, Australian Open is in January-ish, and that's the next one. Uh, I, I mean, I would go with whatever's next because you know he's come. I mean, while like he'll like to you know take it in and celebrate a little bit, you got to think like he's just gonna have like so much energy coming off of the Olympics and off of this. That, There's momentum. Yeah, he's got to have momentum. I mean, who else has it besides him right, right. now? I'm going to say he won't, and I think he'll get really close, but this is a really tough time uh, mm-hmm. to be very successful in men's tennis. I mean, you do have Federer aging, but Federer still plays very well. I mean, he you know, did lose to Tomas Burdich, which mm-hmm. was a pretty close match overall. Uh, Nadal is having those knees heal up, but he's going to be a beast uh, you know, at the French in Wimbledon when, mm-hmm. when he gets healthy. And Djokovic is, is no joke. Uh, see what I did there. No, so like it's it's very difficult. Like it's those those four right now are going to be competing, and for him to get one, I, I see where you're coming at with the momentum angle. I, I just think that you know he'll be close, but you know he's mm-hmm. he's against some very good competition, so I don't think that'll yeah. happen. Now, what about the uh, the ten yard story here? Oh, um, well, you know it involves Roger Clements, and uh, uh, <laughs> yes, the name that. Um, you know, 
you know, a lot of people don't really like to associate with baseball right now. Um, just because of like everything that's attached to his name when you know it was supposedly cleared of all the allegations and stuff but i mean that's you know people still have their opinions and uh and so like you know basically um it's talking about the the astros who you know for all intents and purposes, are, yeah, they're they're like the worst team. <laughs> so bad. And then so, they're going to the AL next year in the West in that division. Mm-hmm. That's going to be strange. I'll take. But some, um, yeah. you know, just some just some notable things from the story. You know, you know, you know, they're talking with the the owner, um, Jim Crane, and um, he was saying, you know, <sighs> you know, in in a way, you know, picking him up is is you know trying to to get people to come to games right basically um some people may come just to see you know it's roger clemens you know blah 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 but but you know his name some people probably wouldn't want to see that you know they they don't want to see him play especially you know see him play against teams that are trying to get into the playoffs if right. anything, you know, the, these teams are trying to get in the playoffs. And so the, the owner came out pretty much at the beginning, like at least from what we read, and um, said he's not, you know, we're not going to play him against these contenders, these people, these teams like Pittsburgh and Arizona, they're still trying to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, but he, you know, being a competitor and it all says, oh, I want to play against these teams. And, um, I don't know when the when you know when the owner says no, <laughs> right right off the bat, it kind of makes you wonder like well, you know why are they even like talking about it, but you know you you get the, the agent involved and all this stuff and oh do we, we want to sell tickets all this stuff, so yeah. <laughs> he's been playing he's been playing in the Atlantic League, which is an independent professional baseball league mm-hmm. for the Sugarland Skeeters. And apparently he's he's done rather well for his age being a 50-year-old man. Um, but at the same time, like I think the only reason he gets brought up is a publicity stunt, if anything. Because, you know, the Astros are that awful and, you know, they need that kind of help. I mean, it's not a move that you make for the long term. So if anything, it would be end of this year it's it's just baffling that he is he just out of money is that what he's looking for just to make a quick buck because he still can play or is he like brett Favre, where he can't stay away from the game for so long he said that he's a competitor i mean like i don't know the thing is you know if he's still doing all the things he needs to do to actually like be decent i mean you can't go out there and just suck Right. <laughs> I mean, people, okay, they come to the game and then they're like, well, he's awful. Like, why did we do this? Or if he just happens to have an off day. I mean, yeah. that, like, it'll just hurt your credibility even more. Exactly. Like, I'm a fan of Roger Clemens, like, great, one of the greatest pitchers of our era. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, you know, I don't think the steroids, th- I've never been too big into the whole, like, Oh, steroids, and I, 
hate all the people who did that or they hated the game. Like, that's never been that big of a deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like he tarnished his legacy for me or forever, but I think it's a little absurd. Like, I didn't... I, I love Brett Favre as well, uh, you know, as an athlete. But when he kept trying to come back and push himself, I was like, okay, okay, hang it up already. Yeah. Uh, and to me, that this is kind of the same way with Clemens. Yeah, I mean, there's still people that you know think you know. There's still people that believe in like the saying "court of public opinion" when it comes mm-hmm. to the whole steroid thing. Um, and you know, people are allowed to have their opinions and stuff, but. It's again. It's the the whole other issue, like you said, with just you know his legacy. Like, is he tarnishing it by doing this, or is he you know proving that you know even at an older age that he wants to compete and you know I don't know maybe making himself look better. I don't. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, so we got to ask: Will Clemens actually pitch this year or next year? Will he get that major league start? I don't think he does. Um, gosh, if he does, uh, I'll watch it. I'll absolutely watch it. Um, and that's probably what the Astros would want because I haven't seen a single Astros game this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're they're just at a point. They need to shut down the season. Like That season for them cannot be over fast enough. Bringing back Roger Clemens would be silly. I just, I just say no. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes you look really desperate in a way. I, I kind of agree with you that that's got to be the only reason. I mean, besides what, like making, could they say something like they're helping make his dream come true by helping, you know, get his career back going again? I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it's all about the money. It's all about getting people to watch. It's It's a business first and foremost and um so maybe maybe they feel they need to do that but just from looking what the general manager said and the owner it doesn't look like it's gonna happen all right so no i mean i'm looking forward to you know baseball playoff i mean teams only have about you know 20 games left or so so as we Mm -hmm. get closer we'll start looking more in depth into the playoffs and the yeah. chases and all that that'll be really exciting but mm-hmm. for now it's kind of weird like that's the best baseball has to go off of besides these teams like the yankees and the orioles the white Sox and tigers going you know back and forth at the top of the division oh yeah um now the five yard story as we get close to the end zone is the whole bounty gate issue with the nfl mm. uh just before you know week one game started and it was literally the night before uh, you know, the Bounty Gate thing with the New Orleans Saints of how, uh, you know, they had the issue of, you know, players were supposedly, you know, getting bounties from uh, Greg Williams, defensive coordinator, and, you know, also helped by Sean Payton, the head coach, that, you know, they would get paid to injure players, which is not a good thing for the league mm-hmm. to kind of promote. Um, even though some were saying, oh, maybe this still happens, like, in the back room, deals, like, just happens, they were just stupid and got caught. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a whole mess of things, but, you know, Roger Goodell, being the law and order that he is with these kind of rulings, you know, put the punishment down. Uh, Greg Robinson sus- 
it's not Greg, Greg Robinson is the <laughs> Michigan defensive coordinator. Greg Williams, there you go. Uh, suspended for the year. His mm-hmm. son's now uh, the interim defensive coordinator. Uh, Sean Payton gone for half the year, eight games. Jonathan Vilma the whole year. Uh, you know they have Scott Fujita, Will Smith, Anthony Hargrove, who ended up he's now an under, he's an unsigned free agent right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know gone for you know different amount of, amount of time. The players appeal the suspension, and of course the appeal comes back the night before week one, uh, saying that the suspensions have been overturned, mm-hmm. that they are allowed to play in week one, uh, and they, basically this isn't over. Because it's going back to Roger Goodell, and now has to find, yeah, and has to present proof, uh, and it'll be that whole issue. Apparently, these players will be meeting with him on Monday, mm-hmm. according to sources. So maybe we'll see some sort of resolution to this. But uh, the ball is now in Roger Goodell's court to show, you know, the proof to these players that the players claim isn't there, but is the proof actually there? Mm-hmm. Um, because this is, you know, Roger Goodell's league. He has the power, and he wants to make the league look as good as he can. Yeah. Um, you, you know, uh, it, it kind I'm of... I'm sorry, bro- Sean Payton was suspended for the season. I yeah, no, yeah. yeah, the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of, like, brings up... I mean, when you think of... You think of... You think of, like, what these defensive and offensive players are... Or thinking when they're out on the field or when they're in the locker rooms before the games and um you know like what gets them motivated like i mean you think if somebody had like an extra incentive thrown their way to do something that you know i mean you see that happen you see that happening in the college game all the time i mean you know ohio state had a lot of problems with it mm-hmm. um and you, you've got to wonder like so these these people are, you know, so they're you know they're allegedly taking money to, you know, injure players or to do certain things on the field, um, and, and so that's what they're accused of, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much every, and it and uh, you know there were apparently like coaches involved with this, and so that i mean that's basically you know that's a simple explanation of like why like what's what happened here and like why these people are suspended and they're trying to say you know they didn't do it they don't have the proof all these things and um it it kind of makes you wonder in a way because um there's there's people you know they go out on the field and they're motivated in a certain way they do things you got to think some of these players are thinking in their head already, you know, if we knock this guy out of the game, then we have a better chance of winning the game. Of course. And so, you know, if, if there's somebody like handing you some money and reinforcing that to the point of, oh, well, maybe you should, you know, hurt this guy's knee during the game. Here's some money. (laughs) Like, that's where it gets really iffy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and and you know, the, so there's there's a complete difference between that and someone saying, you know, oh well, if we did knock this guy out of the game, they're, but they're not like intentionally like trying to do that. Like mm-hmm. it's just something that happens sometimes during a game. You know, if you know if you hurt like a quarterback's hand or something by accident or whatever and right. goes out of the game, then you have a better chance of beating them. 
but they weren't like intentionally trying to do that. Yeah, it's the incentivized money that's the issue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's the players that their you know suspensions were temporarily overturned because of the mm-hmm. appeal. I mean, uh, the coaches you know have not had such a thing. I mean, they're they're still suspended. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's good to see that that wasn't really overturned because they're the ones in power. They have kind of have the control there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, because Goodell has, you know, is known for that power, and that's definitely a big, you know, blow to that ego in a way. Oh yeah, like challenging, you know, basically his ruling and over, you know, overturning it. Um, it just it it basically a lot is going to be shown from like what what he does next. Mm-hmm. Um. No, a lot of people are watching because, you know, if these players and coaches, you know, that are accused of this are able to like get away with it if it happened, then, you know, what's to stop it from happening? Still. Right. So, what do you think, Joel? Make the play. Will these players be resuspended, and if so, for how long? I mean, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say. I I want to say because. <sighs> I got to say, like, you know, why would they accuse these people of doing this if they didn't do it? Mm-hmm. What is the benefit of that? I mean, how does that help the NFL at all to take some of the better players out of the league? You know, the people come to watch or people go to watch these players. These are, you know, really good players. How does it help the NFL to take them out of the league if they haven't already done something? So <laughs> you got to believe that. You know, there was something wrong going on. There's something bad going on. And they, you know, they needed to be suspended. They needed to be taken off these teams. So, I mean, you know, my conscience is saying, like, of course, you know, they they shouldn't be allowed back. And, I, you know, I, I hope that they're not. Um, what's worrisome is that, you know, this... This already like this has already happened. They're already almost being allowed back in the league, mm-hmm. um, in no time at all. And what what that's what's kind of interesting about that is okay. Let's say if they are allowed back in the league, what about these coaches? Yeah, like are they going to say something too? So because I mean if if they're allowed in right away these people who were like doing these things on the field then why wouldn't the coaches who were apparently associated with it too be allowed back on the field so i mean i don't know i have a bad feeling <laughs> that they're going to be let back on mm. this season so oh. yeah i think they'll be resuspended i think you know goodell can't be bluffing the entire mm-hmm. time without anything Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of that blow and you know the precedent that was set to you know, bring them back, I think the suspensions will be far less. Yeah, you know, I think Jonathan Vilma, who was you know for the whole year, maybe four games. Yeah, uh, give the others like you know two or one. So it's kind of like a mix between the two. It's like it's less than it should be if it is, you know, actually true what they did. Mm-hmm. But because, you know. I don't. I don't know if the the evidence will be that strong. Yeah, that's that the it'll, problem. It, that it'll merit a longer suspension. Trying to um, prove it again, basically. Um, and so I, yeah, I agree. It probably won't be as long. Um, you know, if they come back, it'd, it'd probably be like 
I don't know, maybe five games at the most. Yeah. Well, let's get to the replay where we, you know, look at our predictions that we had last week and talk about mm-hmm. some of the games. You don't want to, you know, devote a whole red zone topic to, oh, the entire week. Uh, kind of like we did last week. That was fun though with uh, mm-hmm. NCAA football. So let's get to the, you know, college football in week two. We had our pick six. Uh, you started with Auburn at Mississippi State minus three and a half. Yeah. And Mississippi State won that one twenty eight ten. It just kind of pulled away at the end. Yeah, started well, close. Well, Auburn, I mean, they just kept turning the ball over, mm-hmm. uh, basically. Um, and they they looked awful on offense. I mean, um, and, and their defense that, you know, looked pretty good against Clemson just looked terrible. Um, I mean, you got to believe that Mississippi State's probably improved this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, Auburn again has a really young quarterback. Yeah. Um, he is talented though. He can run. Oh, he he can, but um, you know, you 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 have a you know you're still kind of breaking in a new offensive staff mm-hmm. in a way, and um, I think they're they're trying to do some of the same things that they did before, but um, I don't know that. I don't know. That whole team just looked really bad. Um, and again, maybe Mississippi State is that good. That'd be nice. Uh, but I, I don't know. I actually, I don't. I don't think Auburn's very good this year. I don't think yeah. they're going to be. So, yeah, it's it's a tough F- SEC. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Mississippi State with the the solid win there. Oh yeah. Uh, Penn State at Virginia minus eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Penn State, you know, starts with the lead. Uh, you know they're they're getting there at the end, and Virginia comes back, kicks a field goal as time expires, or close to it, wins by one, seventeen to sixteen. But because of the spread, Penn State, if you pick them, you get credited with the victory. Oh yeah, and um, you know a stat from this game: uh, the kicker missed four of five field goals, <laughs> and, and one had, of two extra points. Yes, had an extra point blocked as well, and again. It was a one-point game. Mm. So um, Penn State's kicker transferred to Texas. Right. Um, so I I guess this is the only guy on the team. I don't know. I talked to my brother-in-law, and he said there's another kicker on the team. Um, I don't know. You got to think that that guy is never going to have a worse game in his life. Uh, I just found it amusing <laughs> that the guy's, guy's last name is Ficken. Yeah. And... In German, thicken is a verb. Uh, if we're going to use British terms here, you know, it would mean to shag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's he does have an interesting last name. <laughs> <laughs> sure does. Um, USC Southern Cal uh, versus Syracuse. They were at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, plus twenty six. So USC favored by twenty six, and they won. 42 to 29. Yep. Picking Syracuse gave you the W. Now, this one wasn't that close, but it was broken up by severe storms. Yeah. So, whatever momentum USC had kind of broken a little bit. Uh, allowed Syracuse to come back a little bit, close up that spread. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was tough. I, I picked USC in that one for the second straight week. Oh, well... 
I mean, you had to. If you yeah. watched Syracuse's first game, you had to pick USC. It, I mean, they have so much talent on offense. They really should have scored at least in the 60s. And I, yeah. even if the game was broken up, I uh, I was really surprised. And um, I, I don't know, because I don't think Syracuse is good at all. I really don't think they're that good of a team. And... Um, I think this will will show a little bit um, as USC goes down the road through their schedule because they have some good teams left. Style points. Yeah. Um, and it's it's obvious. I mean, it's obvious, you know, Alabama was resounding in their first week with what they did to Michigan. And, uh, you know, you... <sighs> I don't know. They 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 need to they need to score a lot of points. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. basically it. Yep. Uh, you know, win big. It kind of reminded me of another game uh, where Florida State was hosting Savannah State, mm-hmm. you know, the team that got crushed eighty-four to nothing by Oklahoma State their first week, and yeah. was going to Florida State, and you know they make money, but man, they got clobbered yeah. on the field. It was a record seventy and a half point spread. Yeah. For that game. The final score was Florida State 55, Savannah State nothing. Mm-hmm. But that's because the game was called in the third quarter. <laughs> I watched some of that game on ESPN3. That is not a good team in Savannah State. It was Whoa. pretty bad. And Florida State would have covered if that would have been a full game. But sadly not. You gotta like Savannah State, man. They... They make schedules. <laughs> they, they need money. They got to stay afloat as a program. I'm, I'm telling you, though. I mean, that'd be pretty cool, you know, to go there and say that you played against Oklahoma State and Florida State. Yeah, we got killed. All yeah. right. <laughs> uh, four of six, you know, plus the extra point. No, Nebraska at UCLA, plus four and a half. Nebraska, the Cornhuskers did not come out of here with a win, as I thought. Oh. UCLA pulls it out with 36 to 30. And it, it kind of goes into the just the Big Ten woes right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're just another score that we should probably just, you know, mention offhand is uh, Oregon State and Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Wisconsin by many favored to win the Big Ten. Um, they're they just they're not nearly as good this year. Um, I believe they fired their offensive line coach already. They did, yep. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, usually that's what they're known for is just dominating the line of scrimmage and being able to run the ball on anyone. And this year they they cannot run the ball. Yeah, crazy upsets in Corvallis. They were up 10 to nothing. Oregon State was with, you know, two minutes left to go. You know, Wisconsin got a late touchdown, which made it seem closer, but, you know, with onside kick and all, it... You know, wasn't really that close. Uh, yeah, that was surprising. And then I think Iowa lost as well. Yeah. I mean, Michigan State has had a solid week. They played Central Michigan, pounding them like forty-two to seven. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the Big Ten is having a weird time right now. But you know, um, I don't know. I mean, a lot. You know, I I had watched a lot of. Um, a lot of people were saying before that game that they thought US, UCLA would win the game, and I wasn't one of those people. I didn't. I of course I hadn't even seen them them play so right. far this year. But I mean, I mean, they're legitimate. Um, Nebraska is still a good team. I well, think. I mean, they won 
the Pac uh, Pac twelve North. Yeah. Last year, so. Um, I don't. I mean, they they look pretty good. We'll definitely make a. Oh no, I'm sorry. They're in the South. No. Yeah. You're right. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. They're in the South. Derp. <laughs> like they played Oregon and they got killed, but still, cause yeah. the whole USC, uh, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good on UCLA. Good on the Bruins there. Uh, yeah. Georgia at Missouri plus three and a half. Uh, this game was a little close, but in the middle of the third quarter, Georgia started pouring it on. They win forty-one to twenty. Not a surprise to me. You know, Georgia is one of my sleeper teams. I have them winning the SEC. Uh, they looked pretty good in that game. Yeah, um, early on, Missouri, you know, came out and they competed, um, which I think is good. Um, you know, first SEC game. Right. Um, there's still a lot of talent on their offense. Um, I mean, they showed it early on. Um, and I think once, again, it was in the third quarter, so once Georgia made some adjustments, um, you know, they were able to... And that's good. Um, that if that Georgia team can, uh, you know, keep it close with some of the better teams, especially if they make it the SEC championship game, um, and if they're good at making adjustments, which I mean, they, it was just they just completely dominated Missouri in the third quarter, um, then um, you'll I mean you'll definitely see them competing for the title this year mm-hmm. yeah another game i forgot to add just didn't want like too much sec because we already had two matchups there mm-hmm. but texas a&m with their first oh SEC yeah game uh hosting florida now that was a really close one florida won 20 to 17 but that was an exciting game a&m was leading that most of the game mm-hmm. so um I, you know both of those schools um many of which you know it, at least like last year and stuff People considered like middle, you know, middle to top Big Twelve teams. Right. Came out and I mean they really competed with SEC schools. Um, clearly not like two of the favorites in the SEC this year, but right. they really did come out and compete. And I think it kind of shows you like, you know, they're probably not going to have as much t- hard time adjusting as people think they are. Um, obviously you got to do that week in and week out. You got to go against those teams, so it'll get tough and it'll be difficult for either of them. You know. I mean, I could see Missouri making a bully easily, but I think it'll be oh, yeah. kind of tough for A and M. Um, but they'll. De- I mean, I just liked how they competed mm-hmm. early on. Made for sure. you know good games. Talk about one of the shockers of the weekend. You had Oklahoma State, who had that eighty-four to nothing warm-up against Savannah State. Mm-hmm. Going to Rich Rodriguez's Arizona Wildcats game was plus twelve. Oklahoma State favored by twelve. Arizona and Rich Rod say nope. And dropped 59 points, 59 to 38. That Rich Rodriguez offense did quite a number on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Talk about a surprise. If you get 59 points dropped on you, then you probably don't have very good defense. Um, Oklahoma State's defense last year was not. I mean, their offense carried them through the season. Right. I mean, they had a magical season last year, but. It was their offense, um, and I mean, they really had to outscore people in some of those games, and uh, their defense looks worse than it was last year. So, um, you know, and everyone, woman, you know, there's no problem with Richard Rodriguez going there and taking credit for that win because I mean, nobody, nobody predicted them to win that game, mm-hmm. and 
Um, I'm sure a couple smidges did, but you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess. But um, it. I don't know. It, it was really surprising. It's just. Um, I think it was kind of the per- perfect recipe. Um, you know that you know you play this cupcake in the first week and you barely do anything on offense and you score 84 points and you're you know you're ranked and you're going on the road and you're like ah this pac 12 team mm-hmm. nothing and i think they just got their butts kicked <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much uh for the extra points for mine uh air force the falcons of the air force academy came into michigan as 21 and a half point underdogs the game was mm-hmm. a minus 21 and a half lie Ah, uh, that game was a bit close for comfort. Yeah. As you know, Michigan, Denard Robinson played spectacularly. I mean, it was like his fourth career game with 200 yards, both rushing and passing. Uh, that's pretty spectacular. Back and forth game, Michigan leads for you know, most of it. And it comes down to the stretch where Michigan is up 31-25 to with a couple minutes to go and Air Force is driving after Michigan punts the ball away, and the local ABC affiliate loses the feed of the game. I'm thinking, like, oh, what? what's going on? Uh, so I'm trying to find on the radio, like, not... I couldn't remember which station carried, you know, Michigan football because they don't listen to it on the radio too much. Mm-hmm. And they're going back to, you know, Jesse Palmer and whoever else was in the studio. They had no idea what they are talking about. It's like they weren't watching the game because it was you know, so close. Michigan's defense was really not playing up to snuff against that option offense. And then they start playing footage from or, you know, feed of the USC-Syracuse game, which is already playing in my market on ESPN2. Mm-hmm. So two channels are running the same game while Air Force is potentially driving to score a touchdown and go up by one in the final <laughs> seconds against my Michigan Wolverines, who I represent. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they come back to show the fourth down stop where they deflect the pass down at the line of scrimmage, which is like fourth and 16 or whatever. So 31 to 25, Michigan hangs on for the win. But fortunately, I picked Air Force to, uh, you know, for Michigan to not cover the spread. Yeah, you called that. I did. did. (laughs) I sure did. Um, Especially against a team like that. So good on me. Uh, Michigan is struggling. Right now, and it's we'll talk about you know when we go to their extra point for this week. Uh, I'll talk about that game because they need this one. Yeah, I mean at least they got the win. I mean that wins really a win is important right now. Um, I, it's really important for not only them but their conference. Yeah, because it's just it's a mess right now. I mean they re- they need wins. They need teams to beat teams they're just supposed to beat. They can't take upsets anymore. Now your Mountaineers weren't playing. No, um, I had an off week, so I had um, the extra point for this. My extra point this week was the Purdue Notre Dame game, and I don't know. I was feeling a little risky and and decided to take Notre Dame because they look good in their first game. But like I said at the end of the last episode, um, you know, I knew I had a feeling they would let me down, and um, it was a they 14, did. Fourteen and a half point spread. Um, it was a three-point game. Uh, Notre Dame won, so they kicked a final field goal in the last mm-hmm. few seconds. Tommy Reese came in, their starter from last year, and he drove him down the field. Yep, and um, I mean they they got a win, and you know uh, Notre Dame's in the news right now. Um, 
you know, they they just actually switched conferences mm-hmm. for all sports except football because we're Notre Dame and we don't join a conference for football. You know, they I think they might in time. Like, it really depends on that NBC TV contract. Mm-hmm. Like, if that is expired and like if the ACC does a you know TV network sort of deal, uh, they're gonna want to get in on that. Yeah, I, I see a time where you know you get the super conferences going, mm-hmm. and I think Notre Dame will be almost forced to join. Uh, but that's not for you know several years. I think. Oh no! But did you happen to see what the like how much they have to pay if they want to leave? Well, I didn't see that. No, it's a ridiculous number. Yeah, but they're still playing five ACC football games. Yes, yeah, so that means a lot of those matchups that they had with Big Ten teams will probably go away. I think you got to keep the Michigan game though. Well, I mean, I mean they, I mean they got they're gonna choose between that and Michigan State. I mean they're not gonna have both. I gotta tell you, Michigan is the bigger rival out of that, but it's still, mm-hmm. uh, you know, State of Michigan is been battering Notre Dame pretty solidly the past you know 15 years or so I mean but they could also I guess they could also drop they'd have to drop Stanford maybe but that's another rival uh, they do not want to drop USC obviously of course of course um but uh, you know it, it's just interesting I mean because you you know it is the ACC and they're, they're probably not gonna have that many ranked teams each year so um depending on which teams they pick I mean Maybe they'll get lucky and get like Virginia Tech, who's always ranked no matter what. Florida State, yeah. Uh, NC State would be good, but you have teams like Duke, Maryland, mm-hmm. you know, Virginia, uh, Wake Forest. I mean, there are some not so good teams there. I mean, they could get guaranteed wins out of a few of them. Oh, this is true. They could could use that. Anyway, the NFL actually started Week One, and right now we have the first Thursday night football game. You know. Last week with the the Wednesday night game because it got you know moved because of the Democratic National Convention and all that we said <laughs> at the beginning of the episode oh what do you think is gonna happen Giants versus Cowboys and we're like <laughs> oh yeah Giants well Tony Romo had one of the games of his life and the Cowboys looked really strong and now people mm-hmm. are doubting the Giants chances at the playoffs so right now it's Packers and Bears I have mm-hmm. not looked at the score yet we're only you know thirty minutes into that game as far as our podcast scheduling goes uh, both. I mean, Green Bay, we'll talk about that game. Also, Chicago, too. But, I mean, they're in Green Bay. I'll go with the Bears with this one. I yeah. haven't looked at the spread, but it's pretty... You know, they said, they, had a, they said something about Green Bay has not lost, um, what was it, back-to-back home games in, I don't know, how many years? Oh, wow. A really long time. Oh. Yeah. Um, I guess they have, like, one of the best home field advantages at least record-wise in the NFL. And um, I think maybe not only that, but it was like they've never lost back-to-back home games to begin the season. Wow. And, um, you know, I think they might, though. Um, I think they might be coming off the shock of that game last week, um, realizing that, you know, at least defensively, they're they're not very good this year in the secondary and... Um. Uh, and the Bears are good. Bears, Bears are good this yeah. year. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I think they could lose both those games and come back strong. Um, I don't know. I I'm just gonna go with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, speaking of Chicago, they were hosting Indianapolis. Indianapolis at Chicago minus eleven. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Bear, uh, you know, Andrew Luck was you know pretty pressured for his first game, although mm-hmm. he played all right. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept it a little close to the beginning. Chicago pulled away though, forty-one twenty-one. They got that spread. Yeah, they got the job done. They did. I mean, you have Earl Bennett, Brandon Marshall's the big acquisition out there for Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Cutler's got weapons now. You also have Michael Bush in the backfield supporting Matt Forte, getting the goal line uh, touches. So, you know, they're looking pretty good on that front. Chicago, yeah. watch watch out for Chicago. It's going to be interesting to see if the, the defense's health holds up with, you know, Erlach oh, and yeah. that knee. And if they, you know, if they can get a good enough record and get into the playoffs, get some, get a little bit of home field advantage, that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. For anybody to go into, so Philadelphia at Cleveland, a plus eight. Uh, Michael Vick throws four interceptions. <laughs> Eagles do not play well, but guess what? The Browns play worse in that factory of sadness. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Whedon throws at least you know three to four interceptions. They really can't get the ball moving on offense. They get a defensive touchdown, puts them up sixteen to ten late, and Michael Vick finds a way and. Gets that touchdown late, puts them up by one. So they do not cover the spread. Cleveland technically gets the victory in our, uh, you know, pick them as far as that is concerned. Mm-hmm. Which you know to both of our disdain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, a win's a win in the NFL. Everyone counts. Oh yeah, and you know, um, I don't know. I mean, growing up where I grew up, I was always taught to like, you know, not like Cleveland. Um, not like the Browns, and um, but I kind of feel bad for them. I, I, like, I mean, they their their defense played well enough to win that game, mm-hmm. but their offense played bad enough to lose it. Right. So, um, well, and you had the whole thing with Art Modell passing away. He's mm-hmm. the one. He's the one that you know uplifted the Cleveland Browns overnight and moved it to Baltimore. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I did not see the result of it, but. You know, the NFL came out and said, you know, could every team have a moment of silence and all that, uh, you know, f- for him at the end of for each home game? Well, Cleveland's at home. Isn't like they have to have a moment of silence to you know, respect Art Modell, a guy that robbed them of their football team for, you know, yeah. several years mm-hmm. because he was bankrupt and just couldn't say it until years later. It was a weird situation all around. But, I mean, maybe a moral victory to be within one. We'll see what happens in their their next week's game here, but yeah. uh, it's just they've they've lost eight straight home game or season openers. Yeah. Eight straight season that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's just it's like that's, the opposite of the Packers. Yeah, except one <laughs> wasn't at home, but you know, the first game of every season just eight to, the factory of sadness. You can talk to Tony yeah. TH on that one. Atlanta at Kansas City, it was a pick 'em, zero line. Uh Atlanta won Heavily, forty to twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan is playing well. Yeah, um, and, and and I, you know, I still think Kansas City is a good team this mm-hmm. year. Um, I, I I still like their positioning. I, I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, right. uh, you just have Atlanta picking to win that division. So oh yeah, um, they just they're good. They're really good on offense. Mm-hmm. So. Julio Jones had a really nice game, and it and you can't beat having Roddy White there as well. Mm-hmm. Game of the week here: San Francisco goes to Green Bay. Green Bay is a seven and a half point favorite, so minus seven and a half. I told you last week I would not be surprised if San Francisco pulled the upset. I have them winning the Super Bowl. I think 
they're extremely good, and they they proved me right here. They absolutely yeah. proved me right, made me look really smart. So, good on you, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan man. Uh, they have weapons on offense now. You know, Michael oh, yeah. Crabtree starting to grow in his own. They get Randy Moss. You know, despite his age, is playing really well. He's still a Vernon Davis at a tight end, and Alex Smith. You know, people doubted him last year. Starting to play really well, and that defense. I'll tell you. I mean, it ended up being San Francisco winning thirty to twenty-two, almost yeah. reversing that spread entirely. Uh, but it was not that close. You know, oh yeah, Green, Green Bay tacked on some points at the end. It was not that close. Take, and there's a special team score, so take away seven off of that score too. And I mean, Green Bay still has a really good offense. So, of course. Uh, but but San Francisco kept them in check. I mean, mm-hmm. th- I mean, that's probably the most pressure that Aaron Rodgers got. I mean, that's probably the most pressure he'll get all year. Um, they were just in, in the corners, man. They cover those receivers like blankets. Yeah, they're really good on defense. Ugh. So yeah, watch out for San Francisco this year. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh at Denver in Mile High. We were talking about how you know Ryan Clark couldn't play. You know James Harrison didn't end up playing. Uh, Peyton Manning, very solid. Denver yeah. wins thirty-one nineteen. They pull away late. Uh, they cover that two and a half point spread where they were the favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, at home in Denver. I mean, it was a it was a good game. Apparently, you know, really good ratings for Sunday Night Football there for NBC. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, everyone wants to see Manning mm-hmm. when he's coming back, and um, he looked really good right off the bat. Um, I think that's a really that's it's a great sign for them that you know he's taking control of that offense so quickly because you've always got to worry about you know adjusting to the receivers and you know the line that you have but uh they looked i mean they looked great um so good news denver absolutely and then in monday night football uh you had the first game is two games like they normally do in the first week of monday night football the first game baltimore crushed cincinnati they also look really good mm-hmm. uh joe flacco has that offense humming yeah. Uh, but then the second game was the sixth game that we picked was San Diego at Oakland. It was a flat line pick them. Uh, mm-hmm. Oakland looked awful. They had a backup snapper, uh, terrible snaps, you know, fumbled snaps on punts. Yeah. Uh, San Diego played just well enough to win. It was 22 14, San Diego. Really not much else to say. No, that, that. game was kind of. Uh. So. <laughs> How did we do this week? Well, for college football, I went four and three. You went mm-hmm. two and five. Yeah. Uh, so that means we are now even mm-hmm. at six and eight through two weeks. Uh, Major Moses is still in the lead. He's at nine and five Good for job. college football. So props to him yeah. and our Sminja competitors. Now, how did we do in NFL? We had the exact same picks, so we were bound to get the same record. Mm-hmm. And we only missed on the Philadelphia Cleveland game. We went five and one. Yep. And this was the best record amongst all Sminjas. So it feels good to get something right when we're hosting a sports podcast. So we gained the lead through week one in the NFL at five and one apiece. Mm-hmm. Good for us. <laughs> Yay. With those yes. replays in check, let's go through the pick six real quick. Starting in college football for week three. First game, you have Virginia Tech going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plus 10. So Virginia Tech favored by 10. That's Saturday at noon Eastern time. Um, yeah, I I don't know if 
it, it's only plus 10 because um, Virginia Tech's offense just, you know, didn't look too stellar when they, you know, they played like a, a legit team in the first week. Um, but Pittsburgh is really bad this year. Mm-hmm. Um, My predicted biggies champs can't <laughs> let me live it down. <laughs> they, they just, they're, they're not very good. And um, I mean, they're having a lot of trouble getting people to come to their games. Um, they're, I think their lower level seat tickets are down to like $2 or something oh ridiculous like that. I mean, they, they just can't sell tickets. And, um, obviously it's a reflection of what's going on on the field and some of the athletic director's decisions. And I, I don't know. Um, you, I don't know. I, I almost say you got to take Virginia Tech in this one. Yeah. G- give me the Hokies. Uh, 10 points is going to be nothing. Mm-hmm. Logan Thomas, you know, playing so well, he's going to be a high pick in the draft. I think mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the NFL, Virginia Tech, I think no question there, California at Ohio state. Minus 17 at noon Eastern time. Mm-hmm. I got to go with the Buckeyes. Um, California, like I'm, I'm sure they'll play all right, but they are not among the best teams in the Pac-12. No. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer has all that talent, and man, if there's anything Urban Meyer will do, he will run up that score yeah. if he can. Uh, I think Buckeyes will cover those 17 points. Um, I, I think I'm pretty confident in that pick. Yeah. I think they'll cover it too, and um, they they should win big. Uh, if they you know if they keep winning big because a lot of the other Big Ten teams are falling, I think they'll jump up in the polls mm-hmm. a good bit. Um, you know, well, I think at twelve, I think so. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Wow, I didn't realize they were that high. Um, but uh, again, you know, with you know, like Wisconsin falling. Um, you know, there, there's there's some other teams that they need to type up, and especially when it comes to like the bigger matchups in that conference, or, or like with any conference, a lot of times for those big games, you'll see teams shoot up in the polls for those games. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just something that people like to do when they vote. Like they're like, oh, there's a big matchup coming up, so um, you know, I see Ohio State probably winning that pretty big. I mean, they will have Michigan State the week after, so they really got to yeah. prepare for that one. Mm-hmm. Just as long as they don't pass, you know, West Virginia, you know. <laughs> uh, Boston College goes to Northwestern. Minus three and a half. The, the mm-hmm. Wildcats are favored. Yeah. Um, I've got the Wildcats in this one. You know, Northwestern, mm-hmm. you had that close game with Syracuse in the first week. Then they beat Vanderbilt. And mm-hmm. we, we thought Vanderbilt was looking pretty good against South Carolina. Yeah. I, I just don't see much in the Boston College Eagles this year. Um, I think Northwestern will play just well enough. Maybe win by four. It'll be close, but I think they can cover the three and a half, and that's at three thirty p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if if Doug Flutie came back to school, <laughs> threw another hail mary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then um, then they would only lose by you know two touchdowns. But <laughs> um, I don't know. Boston College. It's been a while since they've been um, you know had. I don't even know. Maybe like a winning season. It was when they I, had Matt Ryan. Yeah, they. Um, I don't know. I don't really see much from them this season, even you know, in their conference. Um, and and you know, Northwestern impressed a lot of people. That the the key is that Northwestern got that win against Syracuse mm-hmm. early on. So um, 
that's a you know that's another team in the Big Ten that you know I think could surprise some people this year. Um, and uh, I you know it's only what like three and a half. Uh, yeah, I got Northwestern. All right, uh, Florida at Tennessee at Rocky Top minus two and a half. This is the ESPN College Game Day mm-hmm. game of the week. Who do you got, Joel? Um, I've got Florida just because um, they've you know kind of owned Tennessee for a while now, um, and I think I think they have more talent offensively um, in this game, and. I you know especially after watching the end of the game last week against A and M, um, I was I was kind of impressed with how they finished the game. Um, they you know, they didn't start off very well, but um, I still think they're a better overall team team than Tennessee this year. Read me like a book. I've got Florida. Um, Tennessee is you know they're better this year than they have been before. They yeah. they will put up a close fight, uh, and it will be. You know, a good game, I think, but mm-hmm. you know, Florida already battle tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll go into that environment. They have you know, really nice players. I you know, think Florida wins. It could be by another field goal, but yeah. two, and a, two and a half is more or less almost a pick 'em yeah. in college football. Uh, but give me give me the Gators as I don't like Florida, so I hate saying that. But give me the Gators. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC at Stanford. This would be a bigger deal if Andrew Luck were there, but he is not. So plus eight and a half, USC favored by eight and a half points over the Stanford Cardinal uh, Trojans. I, I mean, I picked them three straight weeks, and the first two they've disappointed me. But now eight and a half, I think USC can cover eight and a half. And Stanford has struggled this year against you know teams like they've had some issues with Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, they've you know won those games, but I think this is where you know with the Pac-12 season, some of these games starting up. USC's got to start getting it in gear, and eight and a half—that'll be no problem for the Trojans. Yes, they—they need, like I said before, they need to win. They need to win big, um, because they want to keep their spot in the polls. They don't want to just like keep dropping, and they've got to—I mean—they've got to be impressive because everybody is a. I mean, their people are just dying to vote them number one. It seems like mm-hmm. so. Um, I don't want Bama. Yeah, exactly, it, and they want to change, and so. They, you know, they've they've got to be able to beat Stanford by that much, or they they might as well not even show up to the Oregon game. So this, this is true. <laughs> so I, I got USC. I forgot to mention Florida at Tennessee is at six p.m. Eastern. Then this one's USC at Stanford is seven thirty p.m. Yes. Eastern. Now at eight p.m. Eastern at night, you have Notre Dame at Michigan State minus five. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Joel? Um, I got Michigan State. You know they've they've got to carry the torch for the Big Ten right now. Um, you know they're they're you know they're they're the only unbeaten team that's ranked that high that you know everybody was expecting a lot of early on in the season that um, is looking impressive still because like even that close game with Boise State, a lot of teams would have a close game with Boise State. Because uh, I mean, they just they recruit really well, and they're a good team every year. Um, so uh, you know, the, you've got to. I think they got to impress people. I think they got to put the beat down on Notre Dame. Um, it you know, do do that forever. Just put a beat down on Notre Dame for everyone, please. <laughs> I think everybody wants them to lose. So um, I got Michigan State. They've had really interesting games in the past. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when Notre Dame had Brady Quinn and they came back against a really, really big, you know, uh, you know, Michigan State was up by a ton and Notre Dame came back and it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan State's at home, five points. I, I can I can say Michigan State covers five points. Le'Veon Bell comes out, has a really big game, you know, national television, gets him in the Heisman talk. Uh, give me the Spartans. Uh, again, I do not like saying that, <laughs> but uh, Michigan State will cover that five against Notre Dame. Although Notre Dame, good team this year, this year, but uh, man, they've got a hell of a schedule. Yeah. then they go to well, Michigan comes to them next mm-hmm. week, and that will be certainly an interesting game as well. Yes. Uh, our extra point. So if you uh, you have your represented team has they're not in the pick six here, obviously you pick that game if there is a given spread. Uh, so if, if not, uh, the one for everyone else for the extra point is Navy at Penn State minus five and a half at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. I'll give mine first. It's UMass coming to Michigan minus 45 and a half <laughs> points. Jeez. Um, look, Indiana beat UMass like 45 to six. This is Indiana we're talking about. Mm-hmm. UMass is not a good team this year. I, the UMass gave Michigan a scare a couple years ago, uh, and that was so heart wrenching. Yeah, but God, forty-five and a half points. At first, I was thinking that's just too much. That's too much of a spread for this Michigan team. But Michigan has to bounce back here. Uh, I think you know they kind of get all the the cobwebs out of the system. I think they do cover the forty-five and a half. Oh, Mark, or I'm <laughs> I'm going to knock on wood on that one. Uh, UMass won't it won't be close at all. It's just the question: is that too big of a spread? I say Michigan covers it because they have to. If, if you're going to compete the rest of this year, you just have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was at three thirty. So give me Michigan in my extra point game. Yeah. Um, well. Um... For for my game, I have um, well, my team doesn't have there, there's no spread for that game. It's James Madison at WVU. They're playing at the Redskins Stadium. Um, I guess you know either the spread's going to be so large that it's just you know there's no point in even putting it, or there's just no point in even putting it. I don't Mountaineers know. Mountaineers are going to roll, no problem. Yeah, um, this is not. We are not Virginia Tech. Um, we we can actually score points. Oh, <laughs> so um, we're, I don't think we're gonna have trouble scoring points um, like they did when they lost to James Madison. Um, so I, I don't I don't really think there's like a point in having to spread, even though like I, I think uh, you know they they do they have a really good player who plays for them, um, but just their overall talent level is not it's it's not really the same. As it was not even the same as that team that went and beat Virginia Tech, which was a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they slow it down, they run the ball a lot. Um, I just don't think they have the kind of offense to keep up, maybe, right. even if that was the point. But so, because there's no spread, I'm going to pick the extra point game, which is Navy and Penn State. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I, I like Penn State in this one. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I think, 
I think if it, even if it comes down to kicks and stuff, they're, I think their kicker is going to do much better than he did last time. I don't think that he'll have a worse game there it's, while he's there. Um, I don't know. They might even have some people trying out for the team or something. But, uh, you know, Navy just has not looked very good so far right. early in the year. And, you know, I think Penn State defensively is a pretty solid team. I mean, they gave up that drive near the end of the game, but they played well the entire game against Virginia. And um, if they can just do, you know, move the ball offensively and if their quarterback can stay healthy, because, I mean, that was, that was part of the thing that happened in that game last week was, they, you know, he went out with an injury. He came right. back, but... Um, if he can stay healthy through the game, I, they should win this one by, you know, more than a touchdown, I'd say. So I got yeah. Penn State. Yeah, I, th- I, I see them easily covering the five and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we all have the same picks for our pick six, just the differing extra point because it's different games. But mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see how that shakes down. Let's move to the NFL week two and that pick six there quickly. Baltimore at Philadelphia, minus one. Yeah. So Philadelphia's favorite in this one. That's interesting. At 1 p.m., uh, give me the Ravens. They looked so good, and uh, you know Philadelphia's got to get over some of their issues they had with the Browns game. That offensive line needs to figure it out against that Ravens defense and Haloti Nada put on the pass rush and contain Michael Vick. Uh, I see Baltimore winning handily by like a touchdown. Yeah, there there were a lot of people doubting you know the changes that. Baltimore was making to their offense this past season that they were going to, you know, more of a spread out kind of mm-hmm. game, you know, um, still running the ball, but doing it, you know, out of like spread formations. Um, and I'll tell you and, what, if there's anyone you want to pass the ball to, like swing passes, Ray Rice. Yeah. All I day. mean, that's what he's, he's a smaller back, like a scat back kind of built for that kind of game. He can hide behind linemen on, on screen plays. Um, He's perfect for that. I mean, he is a fantasy owner's dream mm-hmm. in a way as far as a running back goes because they get him the ball so much. Um, and, uh, you know, I, again, Philadelphia just looked terrible on offense. Um, if they turn the ball over that much, Baltimore will score on the defensive mm-hmm. touchdowns on them. Um, so... Uh, Especially with the spread being so close, I I think Baltimore is going to win this game. So I got I got Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Cleveland at Cincinnati, minus seven at one p.m. Eastern. Who do you have? I I have Cincinnati. Um, I think um, you know, I I mean Baltimore just looked great last week. Um, I didn't even think they looked that good in the first week, but um, I I don't know. Cleveland has got to fix their offense um, mm-hmm. because if they don't, they'll lose a lot of games. I, their defense looked good. I still think their their defense has improved really a lot. Although but, now they're um, missing Joe Hayden, uh, who was out for four games because of the uh, was some, and it wasn't subs, it might have been performance enhancing something. Yeah. Uh, so they'll um, miss him for sure. Mm-hmm. But I. I don't know. I, I, I still think Cincinnati, you know, it being a home game, they can cover. They can get. They can score more than a touchdown. Maybe win by ten or more. So, I got Cincinnati. I do too. And let me tell you, we don't show each other our picks, so they come <laughs> as surprises to us. But I have Cincinnati as well. Uh, it just makes sense. I mean, Cleveland 
needs to get things moving. And I don't know. I mean, they might be able to some this week, but uh, I trust Andy Dalton in his second season. Like, he was playing all right, but just Baltimore was just playing that much better on uh, yeah. the Monday night game. I think they come back at home. Uh, yeah, give me Cincinnati to cover the seven. Yeah. Um, Was- yeah, Washington at St. Louis, minus three at 405. Uh, RG3 looked really impressive last year. Or last year? Yeah, he won the Heisman last year. He <laughs> yeah, he did. Really, he looked really <laughs> impressive last year. He yes. also looked really impressive last week uh, against the New Orleans Saints, uh, giving the Redskins the win there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Fisher has really improved the Rams. They are not the two-win team Mm-mm. last year. They really changed a lot of their personnel. But I still think... The RG3 train continues. Robert Griffin giving Washington the victory yeah. over St. Louis, even though um, St. Louis is favored. Yeah. Um, yeah, St. Louis looked... That, yeah, not to take anything away from them. They looked really good in their first game. Um, uh, they surprised probably a lot of people. Um, I just remember like them cutting in that game and the announcer was like freaking out <laughs> he was like there's no way <laughs> i was freaking out by watching my detroit lions yeah um i was i mean i would that surprised me um but um again uh, there's nothing really more i can say to this game besides rg3 looked really good um last week and last year yes he um that was impressive i mean you know, to go into a re- you know a really loud stadium in your first start and play that well. I mean, he was he he was even like all he wanted to talk about after the game was all the things he did wrong. Mm. And um, but um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know they they made a good pick. I mean, he he's I think just like Andrew Luck, uh, they're. They're going to fit into this league just fine, or like early on. Um, they're pretty mature kids, and um, um, really talented. So uh, I got Washington too. All right, New York Jets going to Pittsburgh minus six at four twenty-five Eastern mm-hmm. Time. Who do you have? Um, I have Pittsburgh. You know, they 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 get some players back this week, and they you know they're at home. Um, it seems like even when they're bad, they pack that stadium and it's ridiculously hard to play in. It's so loud all the time. Um, like I can, I can say that cause I've been to like games when they were awful and it was completely packed and, um, I think they'll be fired up to come back home and be able to be able to steal one. You know, even if they don't play necessarily very well, I think they can beat the Jets at home. Now, the Jets put up 48 points. Granted, it's against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, Darrell Revis is uncertain with mm-hmm. concussion sy- symptoms. James Harrison's coming back. Mm-hmm. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover the six. Um, although that'll be a pretty close one. I just think Pittsburgh pulls away late in front of that home crowd, and they, they do not want to go 0-2. I- I was going to say, I think Woodley will be happy to have Harrison back. I, I think so as well. Uh, Detroit Lions going to San Francisco 49ers. Minus six and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Sunday night NBC game. Ah, uh, man. I mean, the Lions 
had quite a scare last week. Granted, you know, Matt Stafford threw three interceptions in the first half. Two of those were in the red zone and, you know, pretty much in the end zone. And one of them was, you know, taken back for six points, not in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I, so, you know, the St. Louis game could have been, you know, a much wider spread. Yeah. I think they are a good team, but their secondary is awful. Uh, it's like they had a terrible offseason and they're, they're pretty much playing with a backup secondary like all of it backup secondary yeah and it's not looking good when you have alex smith coming in who's playing as hot as ever and with you know the defense for san francisco i think detroit will still score points i just think san francisco will score a lot more yeah i mean the 49ers cover the six and a half it's it's gonna be a mm-hmm. tough one though, because I would want the Lions to you know get the a little revenge after the whole handshake thing last year, and you will not hear the end of that one. I'll tell yeah. you on NBC. I mean, if you know, this is kind of, this will be a, a big test for them to see where they are as a team, mm-hmm. because um, if they play a bad game, they're gonna lose. I mean, they gotta play a good game to win, or you know, keep it close even because. I mean, I think that San Francisco is the best defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, again, you, you have a receiver who it doesn't even matter if, if you're going up against good defense. He could catch the ball in quadruple coverage for all I care. This is true. But but uh, you you can't make mistakes. I mean, you cannot throw interceptions. You it, It's going to be tough. To, it'll be tough to keep this close. And I really... I, really don't see them keeping it close um i mean even if it's just like holding detroit to not many points i mean um i i think uh i think san francisco can cover that spread it it'll it'll be tough for detroit um but you know if they can somehow like move the ball they'll have a chance but um i don't know the thing that worries me with san francisco is that you know as they're as their offense gains more and more confidence throughout the season, they might start really beating up on teams. Oh, so, yeah. uh, but I got San Francisco. Last game of the NFL pick six, and the one that will determine if we have picked the same exact teams. <laughs> I, I cannot make this up seriously. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Monday night football. Denver Broncos at Atlanta Falcons minus three. Who do you have? Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, I this one was kind of tough for me a little bit because um, a- after seeing Denver in their first week, I really didn't think their offense would look that that good, like in sync. Um, and it did, but um, you know, Atlanta is at home. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that group on offense has been together for, you know, a long time. You know, obvious that they went out and scored 40 points last week. I, I still have Atlanta winning this game. I think they can cover that. Um, but um, I, it might be close. I, I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised, um, uh, you know, especially, and it'll be, a, it'll be, interesting to see because if they come out and they play really well um Peyton plays really well then I think you're starting to you know you're starting to already see 
the 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 really big impact he's going to have there already in this first year, um, which has got to be pretty exciting if you're a, a Denver fan. So. Thank God, <laughs> because I'm a Peyton Manning slappy. Mm-hmm. I've got Denver in this one pulling the upset. Okay. Um, I think you know the more time that they that team spends together, and that Peyton Manning has control of that offense, the better they play. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I, I do think that Atlanta is a very good team. I think it'll be close, but I, I think you know the three points could you know swing in any direction. Mm-hmm. It's almost more or less a, a heads up pick them from there. I got a feeling about Denver going mm-hmm. into Atlanta and getting the upset. Yeah, um, I don't I'd, like I, the thing with me is like I probably would have picked Denver if it was maybe like week six, seven, something mm-hmm. like that. Like when they had a little bit more time, because I think they're going to be. I I don't think. I mean, Pittsburgh kind of tested them, but they didn't have their entire defense. So, I don't know. I I and I think I think Atlanta has a much better offense, and so I think this will be a much like bigger test for them than Pittsburgh mm-hmm. was. Well, we apologize for the sameness and all the picks this week. Maybe it's just that not interesting of you know matchups and all, but. You know, we'll see how we do. We'll see how you do. Good yeah. luck on all your picks this week. Uh, from here of us, you know, here uh, us at down the sidelines. Mm-hmm. With that, I am Peter, and I'm Joel, and we hope you enjoy the week in sports.